Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the What Are My Other Options show. At the age of 16 years old, Adam Farfan was able to make $500,000 a year in the financial service industry as a covert agent for one of the world's largest financial services firms. Being financially independent by the age of 22, today Adam has developed sales teams for multi-billion dollar companies and teaches individuals about business, lifestyle transformation using internal belief structures. He has been both a serial entrepreneur and an executive at several large global companies. Follow the amazing draw-dropping story of how Adam was able to sell millions of dollars of financial products as a team to high net worth clients throughout the USA. Today we cover quite a few things on how to add value, how to adopt mentors. I'm going to save it for Adam to say for himself because this interview is so amazing. There's so much value. Adam is now the CEO of Brandman Financial with Asset Casino over $100 million within its first 24 months. After being retired for a few years now, you can check out what Adam is currently doing, which is giving back at adamfarfan.com and check out what he's currently doing, how he's currently paving the way for the future generations with all the knowledge he's developed through his career. Uh, thank you for tuning in for episode four of the What Are My Options show. And I hope you enjoy. All right, so let's start from the get-go. Let's, let's go right back to the beginning when you were 16 and you were just starting out. Awesome. Yeah, I actually started when I was actually 16 years old. And uh, I and the, I actually started before that. I was, I was doing a lot of sales and I was doing like door-to-door, kind of like selling little toys and stuff like that. I started kind of like a lawn uh, mowing company when I was actually fairly young. And the reason why is because I actually lived around a lot of older people. I lived in an older community, and uh, I had to pretty much make that happen uh, for me to be able to go out and make some money. And when I was actually 16, the guy that I, I went to church with actually was um, a guy that actually owned an insurance company, and everybody knew him as the insurance guy. And I pretty much asked him if I could work with them, and if I could have him teach me what I know, and he doesn't have to pay me much. He's like, well, that's not going to happen. We're, we will pay you, da 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 Yeah. And we started working, and I got a, a pretty good hang of it. Where enough towards where I was actually, you know, making great money doing it. Except we were doing it under his license because he was the one that was licensed. Okay. And I was doing okay. sales, meeting with clients and stuff like that. And then uh, we did that for about a year and a half. And one of the things that he had promised me is that I was going to go out and share good shares of the company because we had grown so much and stuff like that. And little to find out that. His actually his wife was actually addicted to um, addicted to drugs, and his wife was not only spending the money of the office but also spending money of the clients itself, uh, thousands of thousands of dollars every single month. Wow. And uh, pretty much the government came in, shut down our operation. Here I am, I'm 18 years old now, and really I'm like so frustrated because I feel like the last couple of years went to waste. And, uh, you know, I pretty much wanted to go ahead and do something else. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do finance again. That's when I met a, a, another mentor of mine. Uh, I actually met him at a uh, – I actually met his son. And uh, he started – you know, I met his dad and his dad ended up being one of my mentors. Uh, he was the guy – he was probably the, one, of the, one of the biggest guys that I had ever met in my life. And I was just so fond by him, and I, I, I knew that I had to prove myself. I knew that I had to do certain things in my life to be able to have him personally train me. 
Um, I did all those things, surpassed every single record that he could have ever asked of me. Uh, we were actually doing extremely well. And when I was actually 21, he actually sold the company. And uh, so I was once again left with nothing pretty much. And then okay. um, that's when I pretty much started to go out and build my own company. And build my own company. It took me three years to get it up and going. And when did you with start? A lot of the, what, when, when did you uh, first? I was actually 21. You're 21. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was 21. So when you I had all these experiences own- from the previous uh, finance, yep. from the previous finance industry, and then now you're starting yep. to pursue your own entrepreneurial endeavor. Yeah, yeah. And the other guy that I was working with, he was pretty much like an older retired guy that worked with, uh, you know, that worked with insurance and stuff like that too. But what I did is I actually grabbed a lot of the same stuff together and put it together to build this company that I did. And, uh, you know, built somewhat of a, of a management fund and did that for three years. Uh, gather, you know, money uh, put together for about $93 million under my management for in a period of three years. How, how, and did, how did you went know about and, that? How did you start at 21 years old? Like, how did you get the credibility of getting people to invest in you? How did, how did, this, how did this all start? How did you gain their trust? I tell, people, I tell people one thing and that was just supreme confidence, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, confidence will always get the day done, uh, especially when people are trusting you with their money. It's not like they're trying to go ahead and teach you different things, right? Mm-hmm. You want to go ahead and have them um, trust you and know the fact that you're going to do well for them, by them, and with them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, what I did is I actually just started working with that, working with them and, and it was all about network. I mean, I was working like almost 24-7, right? I was working my butt off. And it was actually a company that grew globally, so it wasn't just in the U.S. And, uh, I mean, we did that, and then after that, I was so burned out that that's when I pretty much had the, you know, a lot of things happened with my own personal family where I realized the reason why I was doing it, I had almost forgotten. And, um, you you know, where I was working so much that I, that's why this, right. Mm -hmm. Because the reason why I started this, a lot of people might talk to you about the fact that you know, you never know, you know, what's the reason, what's your why, right? Mm-hmm. And for me, my why was really the fact that my family, when I was younger, we went through so many different ups and downs. Um, the fact that I never wanted to get back in that situation ever again when it came to money. I never wanted to go ahead and really, I was, I was almost scared of, of, of being poor, to be honest. And uh, that's the reason why it worked. It wasn't because I had all this talent. It wasn't because of the fact that I wanted to make a lot of money. None of those things really came into perspective to me. And they still don't. Uh, I just pretty much didn't want to uh, have a life where I was worried about the things that my parents were worried about many times over. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So that's why I did what I did. And um, it came to a point when I was like 24, almost 25 years old, where I just decided to you know, my, my family was going through a lot of stuff uh, in their personal life, my sister and their health and stuff like that, where I didn't even realize that they were having those issues themselves. And that was because of the fact that I wasn't ever with them. I was working so much. You know, I was working so much and I was, you know, living the life that I just never really, uh, I forgot the reason why I first started. You so know? what'd you, and what'd you I, do? I see that. And I see that happening so often. So that's when I actually got rid of my company, sold it. Really? And uh, it's actually been six years ever since I pretty much worked doing uh, much at all up to this point, which is, you know. So one one of the things that I always wanted to do is tell people the fact that if you are uh, really ready and you are committed to yourself, 
to be able to make good money, to be able to go ahead and go to work, and to be able to go ahead and just simply take that leap of faith. Don't forget the reason why you started. You know, don't forget your why. Because of the fact that you can really get caught up so much mm-hmm. into the things that, you know, you ought to be doing, you know, in, in the reason why you started, mm-hmm. that those things actually, you'll forget those, you'll forget those things itself. You know what I mean? Um, at this point of my life, I would tell you this, I'm not motivated by money or by books. I'm really motivated by people. So that's why what I've been doing the last, uh, the last little while, the last few weeks, uh, really, it's been a few weeks that I've pretty much been on a journey of not only sharing my story, but at the same time, um, fully committing to actually help people improve themselves in their lives and really make money. I think that making money is so important because of the fact that it's not just the money itself. Um, I think money is pretty transparent. Money makes good people better, bad people worse. But at the same time, what yeah. money will do is actually help you in so many ways in your personal life to be able to have the power of choice, right? To be able to have, uh, to not be a slave to money and to be able to go ahead and really have a successful life. And and you look at, for example, I grew up in Utah my whole life. Um, as, I, as I was going to ask you, where did you originally grow? Because we met in LA. I thought that's where you lived. Now you're living in Utah? I, I, no, I do live in LA. You do um, live in LA? I do live okay. in LA. Yeah, I just, this is just my same because I have my second home in Utah. Okay. Gotcha. And, um, is it like near I your mean, parents actually, and everything? That's why you live. You go to you, you have your second. Yeah, yeah. Job. So my yeah, my mom is here. My little sister is here. My dad's out of country overseas. Um, however, my you know one of the things that I, I just love Utah. I've I've had the same place for years, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the things that I actually love about uh, LA is the different cultures and stuff like that. And and really one of the things that I want to do here is I travel pretty often. I'm I'm you know I'm out of town pretty much you know uh, eleven months out of the year. And what I want to do is, uh, you know, one of the things that we're focusing on right now is really getting involved into people's business. Uh, we are working with, uh, you know, with the, with different spaces to go ahead and help them build their business. But I, one of the things that I want people to understand is how important it is for them to make money. You know, um, I grew up in the state of Utah where the number one highest one in bankruptcy is highest one in foreclosures, wow. highest one with the rate of divorce. And the, and the reason number one, you know, the reason why divorce happens, the number one reason anywhere is because of money. So, you know, if, if I mean, I was actually looking at statistics the other day, uh, the fact that people actually go bankrupt, you know, in the U.S., because they don't have an extra $250 a month, you know. Think about this. $250 a month will go a lot of long ways if you know what to do with it. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, what I actually have is I actually have a, you know, I, you know I'm part owner of a, of, a, of a company also where we help develop and teach people how to go out and make money, how to be able to go ahead and actually uh, get into doing exactly what I did. Um, if anybody wants some information, just go to my website under adamfarfin.com. That's F-A-R-F-A-N. I'll have it on the show notes. I'll have the link right there. Just going out there and really, yeah, learning about how to go out and make money, uh, learning what are the things. And, and, more, and more than anything, it honestly comes down to mindset, right? And uh, I was actually, the other day, I was actually with a good friend of mine. We were actually flying. Um, we were actually flying out to, I don't know where we were. I think we were flying to Arizona or something. And one of the, he was actually going to a mastermind event. And he says, what's the number one thing you feel people need? And I'm like, dude, it's mentality, it's mindset. He's like, well, I would disagree with you because you know you also need work ethic and you also need this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, 
if you were to go work ethic and you got to wake up every morning at 6 a.m., but you don't have a purpose, you don't have the right mindset, are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, no. I'm like, if you need to do this, you need to do that. If you don't have the right mindset, it's not going to happen, right? So your what body was your lists, mindset and right? what is your mindset now? Where did you start? Like how did your mindset – when you were first starting out at 21, what, what do you think was the mindset that really pushed you and made you make it happen? And then how has that mindset shifted from back then to where it is today? Well, I think that back then, see, I look at myself come almost like an entity. When you have a young company that's small and that's starting, you are more aggressive, right? You want to go ahead and grow and do what it takes to do it. And when you're, when you're grown and you're big, you want to protect pretty much what you have, right? Um, when it comes to me, that I, w- I would apply almost the same principle to myself. When I was young, I was very, very aggressive. I was not only aggressive, but I wanted it every single day. I was tenacious. I outworked everybody. And I just really had a, you know, if there was a weakness that I had or I still have is that I'm highly competitive. So therefore, when I get involved into something, I would be dead if I was in second place, no matter what it was. So therefore, what I wanted to do is I was very competitive. That's why we did what we did. You know, I just, I didn't really have a lot of much of anything else except just the fact that I had good, I had a great intense wheel will and I just wanted to you know go to work and make it happen right and uh, it wasn't so much at that time about the money because a lot of people ask me kind of like what you and I were talking about earlier um, you know did you know you had a great life how did you feel like when you were making it and stuff like that and I'll tell you this for myself I didn't really feel like I I didn't really know anything better except you know I was either uh, poor or not or doing kind of well, right? I, I didn't really know anything better. So for me, uh, walking into you know my associations that I started having, and every person that I was working with was a seven-figure earner, you know. So for me, if I didn't have that standard in my life, it just I just wasn't doing it right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So how, therefore, how did, you, how did you get around those kind of people, like those seven? Uh, it was just it was a lot of those guys that I was working with. Um, gotcha. You know, that was the standard of mm-hmm. our office, right? That was the kind of guys that I was working with. The so standard. therefore, mm-hmm. so you know, if you if you if you raise your standards of expectations. A lot of things can change in your personal life, not only in, in, in your income, but at the same time in, you know, in your relationships with people, in your relationship with your spouse, in your relationship with, uh, you know, with your family. If you just have a certain standards of expectations that you've got to have out of yourself. For me, those standards of expectations were seven figures when I was younger. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it, my guy. What I remember my my mentor said to me: If you're not doing at least seven figures, you're not in the game. You know, I, I remember he told me that in my industry there wasn't such thing as middle class. You either are poor, try, and isn't that right for business, you guys? Right, where there is no such thing as middle class. You you're either poor, trying to get things going. You're either trying to build your business, or you're trying to pretty much you're balling. Right, you're out there you're making coping money or you're, thriving. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So therefore, for me, that's exactly what it was. I just, you know, I got in there. I got the right tools, you know, and I had a, the number one thing for me was mentorship. I remember I was reading a book today. Yeah, t- please tell me about the mentorship. Like, t- talk about how you got around these kinds of people. What it was like. What you learned. Yeah. For example, one of my uh, one of my one of my first billionaire mentors was actually Ted Leonsis. Um Ted was actually, uh, you know, he. I was fond of him. I actually met him at a hotel that I was staying at. And uh, one of the things that I understood very, very early on in my, in my life is how important 
friendships really, really, really are, right? And how important it is to be able to go have the good network. The reason why is because I was always told, if you hang around with four broke people, you are bound to be the fifth, right? <laughs> so therefore, uh, I would tell you, you know, if you have people that are negative in your life, uh, you might know somebody that's negative in your life. You know, I remember my mentor said, one of my mentors actually, Bill, the other day said to me, Bill Walsh, a good buddy of mine was actually saying the fact that if you have anybody that's negative in your life, get rid of them. If you're married to that person, same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore, what you got to do is you just got to go ahead and get rid of those, those things because of the fact that what I do know is that I don't know much what's, what's going to happen after I die or what happened before I, before I was born. However, what I do know is that I only have one life, right? And if I'm going to go ahead and spend my life next to a miserable person or somebody who's negative, somebody's going to take me down, it's never going to happen. So I understood early on mm-hmm. exactly the power of, of, of influence, right? Osmosis. How much influence was, was actually going to be important to me. Mm-hmm. So what I did is I knew that I couldn't be, do it by myself. So what I did is I actually pretty much went out and gathered a lot of different mentors that were able to help me and teach me. Now, the, 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 thing, that I, the, the thing that I tell people is if you – most people, if you want to grab a mentor – you pretty much are talking about yourself, right? You want to offer them something or you want them to look at your product or you want them to look at your, right? Don't do that. What I would tell people is give some value first, mm-hmm. right? Learn to give value to others. You know, I, I meet so many people all the time that just want to shove their car down to me and I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that's great. You know, take a look at my business. Take a look at what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it, yeah. Like, it's really all about them mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. it's totally the opposite of what I know on how to go ahead and connect with good mentors, millionaire and billionaire mentorship, right? Where to me, it was all about the value that I could go ahead and bring into them. It was never about the value that they could bring into me. So what are See, what I you did that? See, what I do know is the fact that they could, at that point, they could do more for me than I could ever do for them mm-hmm. because I was just starting, right? See, it's like now, it's like all these people give me their cards, you know what I mean, and all the, all the stuff that they're doing. I could do more for them than they could ever do for me, right? But I understood that at that point early on where I was like, you know, it's all about the value that I could go ahead and bring them on. So therefore, I would bring in things and talk to them about stuff that's important to them, Right. Talk to them about stuff that would matter to them, not mm-hmm. that it matters to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one of the good books that I think everybody should always read mm-hmm. that talks about this stuff too is How to, Friend, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those books, you got to read on. You know, I would, I would encourage people to listen to Jim Rohn. Oh, Jim yeah. Rohn says, if you, if you, if he says, if you give me 10, day, 10 minutes of your day, I will change your life, right? So therefore, I will tell you this, we are, we are still in that living cycle. If you're not green and growing, you're rotten and forgotten, right? You are not growing. If you're, your goal, if you're not getting closer to your goal, what does that mean? That you're getting farther away from your goal. Yeah. So I will tell you this, get into self-development a lot. That, that should be, getting into self-development should be just as important as you clean, washing your teeth, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. just, it's that important where it's like systematic. You what, are getting into self development. That's what needs to happen. Jim, Jim says he says miss miss a meal, but never miss thirty minutes of reading. I think I think that's what Jim Rohn says. Absolutely. So and what, I think what for most your, people, it just amazes me how. Go ahead. It just amazes me how so many people are really going to go on with their lives, not being able and not really listening to somebody better. In fact, it just amazes me when people say to me, "Oh my gosh, how do I?" 
you know, how do I make a lot of money? How do I do this? And I'm like, oh my gosh, you got guys like Richard Branson. You got guys like Warren Buffett. You got guys like, you know, all these different guys that have made millions and billions of dollars who have written their books exactly what they did. You know, I think books are your biggest, your biggest teachers with yeah. the biggest patients, right? Mm-hmm. So therefore, what you got to do is you got to really study up, suit yourself up because you are not going to do it by yourself, right? You, you've got to have mentorship. And if you don't have access to mentorship, for example, in a small town or something, gather and surround yourself with a lot of books and listen to stuff like what Pierre's teaching. Why? Because of the fact that you will actually be able to have a lot of access uh, to what people are doing. You'll have access to learning from other people besides um, the influential friends that you have, right? Mm, um, what else? What was your other question? Uh, yeah. What, what are your top books that you would recommend? I know you're an avid reader and uh, I see sometimes you post on Facebook, you know, what you're reading. So what would you what would you say are your top five books or just the ones that come to your head right now? I know it's hard to say top five, but what comes to your mind as the most influential books? Uh, Top five is really hard, but one of my favorite books that was actually huge for me is uh, The Dream Giver. Um, the Dream Giver was actually very, very important. You want to go ahead and look up this book. The other one was definitely Think and Grow Rich. Yeah. Um, actually, a lot of people don't know this, but there was a book that was actually written before Think and Grow Rich um, that was actually called The Law of Success. I think that's what it was. I have, a, I have it in my shelf. Uh, is it the um, 16 laws of success those are very important books and <clears throat> what you want to do is yes that one exactly yeah, yeah. that one is actually an amazing book uh, I that it. i would encourage anybody to to right uh, for me one of the things that it's still very very uh great to learn uh, mentality, learn, you know, how to build organizations and stuff like that. You couldn't do it better than anybody uh, than Swan Tzu. I'm really old school. I will go back and say Socrates, Plato, um, Alexander the Great, right? A lot of these guys are far bigger than anybody that you could even read about right now, yeah. right? You might read about, you know, books that are right now by guys, but nobody's, a lot of times I've been able to do uh, bigger things than even Alexander the Great himself, right? So what you want to do is you really want to go ahead and read books of uh, you know that will talk about their stories, talk about exactly what they did, and uh, you know now what's kind of in right now, right? Because oftentimes the best booksellers right now are good, but that's not truly what they come out of. What what I'll what I'll do is yeah. I'll get I'll get a list from you uh, before before we end here, and I'll post it up on the show notes uh, of a, f- a few recommendations okay. you have. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. That would be that would be fantastic. But yeah, like you got to read up. Yeah, like you know, a, a lot of people will tell you that, and I hope that you're if you're watching this, you're listening to this. You got to read up. You got to suit up. You got to you got to put your you know you got to put your suit on and grab your tools for success because that's it, right? Mm-hmm. You just need yourself. You need your books. You need to learn exactly what to do. And what I would tell you is supreme confidence. It's very, very important. Have a lot of confidence about what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, people will buy you. If you are selling a product or you're selling a company or you're selling something, people will not buy into that but will buy into your vision. So your vision is the most important thing for them to be able to go ahead and follow what your dreams are. Uh, don't forget to have, uh, you know, what I call also like 
supreme seduction, right? Like have seduction about your life, about your business. Uh, make it sexy. Make it. Don't make it. You know, especially in the world that we live in today, there's a lot of competition out there. And if you are not excited, you know, I think enthusiasm is the number one key of most. You know, enthusiasm is by far the most. Um, you know, the most contagious feeling in the world. So therefore, if you're not enthusiastic and you don't wake up with a mission every single day, it's never, ever going to happen, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, I would tell you one thing, especially if you're working with people, uh, grab up one thing that I always talk about, which is actually EPR. EPR is actually encouragement, praise, and recognition. Recognize people for what they're doing, mm -hmm. right? Encourage them. You know, people will never maybe have, sometimes will not have the kind of vision that you do. Encourage them for them to do better, maybe to buy your product, to catch into your vision, right? Mm -hmm. Praise them. Give them genuine compliments, right? Mm -hmm. Tell them about, make them feel good about themselves. People don't remember what you tell, told, tell them, but they'll remember how you make them feel. So therefore, praise, pray, you know, encourage, praise, and recognition is very, very important in my life that I always talk about. So, um, so therefore, those things are very, very important, and they're great for, especially if you're working with people, right? This is Dale Carnegie really shining through here. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, Absolutely. I would tell you this: it's it's very it's it's really really big for you to go out and have your dreams uh, set 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 in stone, um, right? A lot of people, my men, my old mentor would say to me, "What's the difference between a dream and a goal?" A goal would just have a date, they, you know, I would have a timeline, right? A goal has a date, right? Mm -hmm. And I would tell you, uh, you know, all those things are great, like your dream board and all that stuff. It sounds great, right? <laughs> but I would tell you, get away from, you get away from like the admirer's mentality, right? I remember when I first saw a Ferrari and I first saw a car that I really wanted or any of the cars that I have now, it wasn't like, oh my God, it looks so cool. I wish one day I would have that. I would never tell myself that. Ask yourself, how do you get it, right? What are the steps that I need to do? And write it down in a piece of paper. Not, I, I think there's such a magic about writing your goals in a piece of paper. Everybody says You know, that. I remember, right, and it's almost like I was actually doing this yesterday, um, right right here in this freaking table where I was like, what is that you want? And we were doing this like at 1 o'clock in the morning with somebody. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are the things that you want out of your personal life, right? Mm -hmm. Like, what's the things that are driving you and moving you? And, oh, my gosh, this person was like in tears, right, where I'm like, you know, what you got to do is you got to really like, you know, it's hard. It's meant to be hard, right? That's, that, that's one of the things that – let me, let me just tell you this story. Yeah, please do. The other day, the other day I was at a restaurant, right? And, and, and the restaurant was like, the service was crappy. The food wasn't even that good. And what I do know is that, is that most people, even if they're crappy, their food is crappy, they don't actually say anything, you know? You and I might, but most people actually are like, oh, this place sucks. And they'll never go back there again, right? Mm -hmm. They won't even complain about the food. They won't complain about the service. They'll just like, in, in their mind... They're like, oh, this is bad service, this is bad food. I'm never coming back here again, right? Mm -hmm. Or they won't even do anything. They'll actually do something like Yelp. They'll just get on Yelp and talk about it, right? Mm -hmm. However, what I always do, or like I did this day, I was like, I, I actually called the manager. And I called the manager and I said to the manager, hey, man, this is what's going on. I told him what happened. And automatically, he's like, you know, your food's on the house. Don't worry about it. I'm so sorry. Da, 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 da. Yeah. And one of the biggest things that he said to me is like, thank you so much because outside of what, you know, outside of the fact that knowing the fat is good, I know what's wrong with my restaurant, right? 
thank you so much for letting me know that because of the fact that these are the things that teach me how to do it. So therefore, what I would tell you is the fact that he didn't see it as a bad thing at all. Right, he saw it as a good thing because of the fact that he knew there were some improvements I needed to make in his life, in his business. I say, right, and I give him, I give him the, some of the things because I cared about that guy enough that if I had a restaurant and I had a crappy server or my or, or I had a crappy cook, I would want somebody to tell me, you know what I mean, what was wrong with my food. What does that tell you? Is the fact that failure or doing something bad is actually part of being successful. Why? And I know that's cliche because everybody tells you that. But without knowing the failures or without knowing what's bad or the mistakes you make, how are you ever how are you ever able to, able to improve yourself or improve your product? Right. In fact, a friend of mine says that if you if you're launching a business mm-hmm. and your product is perfect, you, you have a great product to launch. You've done it way too late. Why? Because of the fact that you've taken too long to think about it, you've taken too long to be able to promote it, mm-hmm. you've taken all this time where it's like a good product, mm-hmm. and normally you've, you, you, you're way too late for that product. What you got to do is you got to start crappy. It's okay to start crappy, right? Because then after that, you get good. How do you know what to get good at if you're never crappy, right? You got to learn uh, out of your crappiness how to become good <laughs> and how to become a master at it, right? So for me, I would tell you just it's okay to be crappy. Just start now. Mm-hmm. Get it going. The 10 next years will go by sooner or later. You might as well start now, mm-hmm. right? You might as well just get it going. Get out of your comfort zone. Go to work and go build a business that, you know, I think building a business is the best thing ever because the fact that most people are not risky. as maybe the ones that are even listening to this call. So therefore, like, just go to work. Build your business. Have you know confidence about what you're doing? Build trust. Have charisma about you. Uh, don't be afraid of being corny. Uh, for me, I was actually one of the most corniest guys ever. Please, please tell me how you pull this off, dude. Dude, I would always share my dreams. Crusade. Building a crusade is the biggest thing that you need to have in your business. Why? Because of the fact that I was always talking about like the things that I wanted, the things that I wanted for my family. You know, I would always be sharing, you know, the late night studies that I would go ahead and do. And I wasn't afraid of being corny because believe it or not, I realized later on that most people were not corny. Everybody was all about ego and everybody was all about like, you know, what was, you know, the back stuff, like the, you know, the behind the scenes wasn't ever shown. And, <clears throat> but trust me, people love to watch the behind the scenes. How many of you guys love to watch a movie and you love to watch the funny stuff that happened behind the scenes? The Everybody does, For right? Sure. For it's sure. like, oh my God, that's so funny, right? It wasn't perfect. I've, I've got a lot of friends that are uh, anchors for uh, news and a lot of them are like these really cute girls and a lot of times they send me videos of like the stupid stuff that they, they got filmed doing, right? And I'm like, oh my God, that's so funny. And a lot of people don't do that and I'm like, share that stuff with you. One of my friends, uh, one of my really good friends shared her stuff on her Facebook and her Facebook just took off really? right? because she wasn't just showing the news. She was showing like the back end stuff of like the mistakes she would make, how she would bite her tongue, how like one time like a dog came and like bit her, right? All this other stuff. I'm like, don't just show the news, show us what happened in the back and be corny about it and don't be afraid to do it. So for me, I would tell you, I, would, I was always showing like the back end stuff. I was always showing like the corny stuff. My give, me, corny give me some examples. Groups. Tell me some examples you were using. Like, like for example, one of, one of the things that I used to share all the time was like how I would talk to people about what I did or like people would be like, well, what do you do, Adam? 
and I would tell people I was honest with them. I was like, I would out, you know, I'm like, well, what I do is I actually turn full time nightmares into part time dreams. That's what I would do, right? I would go ahead and just, uh, you know, I would just, I was, I wasn't afraid of being corny. Like they'd be like, you know, I feel like I freaking work at Disneyland. I make people's dreams come true, right? I am the money guy that you'll never, where you can go ahead and bet your money, money on me. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll put your money in the clouds and make it work for you here on Earth. Right. I wasn't afraid of being corny. I was always like just, you know, I wanted I I, I didn't want to be a clown either. I didn't want I didn't care about making people laugh. Yeah. I just cared about really being genuine about being who I am, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times we will grab a mentor, right? And we'll grab that persona, right? And we'll start emphasizing like what does that person talk like and how does that person walk and how does that person dress? And all those things are good, but at the same time, there's a reason why you are unique. Right? There's a reason why you look the way you do, why you walk the way you do, why you have the challenges that you personally do. So I would tell you, instead of copying somebody else, it's okay to copy. There's nothing wrong with being a copycat as long as you're copying the right cat. Right. So therefore, what I would tell you is just go to work, just you know, imitate good leaders, people that you admire, people that have done something great with their lives. Uh, right, and and go to work with it and, and build a big business. Don't be afraid to work. I think that in any business, if you put into it three to five solid years into it where you're actually obsessed and dedicated to your business, then you can really make things happen. I, you know, I look at a lot of obsession in a good way. Uh, think about it like, for example, I, you know, I was actually watching a video over at my mom's the other day where I would throw tantrums if I wanted certain things, right? And if I wanted a car, you see that a lot of times with little kids, right? They're like at the store throwing themselves in the floor, crying and like, you know, wanting to make that until their mom's like, oh my God, shut up already. Here's a car, right? Or here's a toy. <laughs> Sounds like what me when I was a kid, yeah. <laughs> right, exactly. What would life be like if you were that obsessed over your business, right? If you were that obsessed over your goals, right? That's a great If you were that point. obsessed over, over your, you know, over your life, the life that you wanted, right? Mm-hmm. See, growing up, you were like you—you you were told that obsession is not a good thing, right? Obsession is a great freaking thing if it's positive, right? I'm not talking about being the creeper that's obsessed over a girl. I'm talking about obsession over good goals, right? Mm-hmm. Obsession over your dreams and what, what what would happen if you throw tantrums and you cried and you were excited about it and you didn't, you know, you didn't stop until you got that thing you were so obsessed about, your life would absolutely change, right? Mm-hmm. And if you would add obsession and you would dedicate yourself to get those things, oh my gosh, right? Any business that you're in, you could make a, you know, you could make a six, seven figure. I think, honestly, if you were to, uh, I know Cuba's changing a lot, uh, the country itself, but unless you live like in countries where you are really, even if you lived in a country that's communist, for crying out loud, you could still do something to better up your life in one form or other, right? Um, so therefore, what I would tell you is just get on the game. Stop playing on offenses. Stop playing on the fence. And just go to work. Build your business in a huge way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would tell you just go out and do it really, really big. You know, don't be afraid to dream. You know, I, I tell people this. If your dreams don't scare you, if your goals don't scare you, they're not the right goals. Right. If your goals don't actually make you like where you're like, oh my gosh, can I really accomplish this? They're not big enough. Mm-hmm. If they're not big enough, they're not going to impress anybody. And if they're not going to impress anybody, they're not going to move anyone. So what I would tell you is just have your goals where there's big goals. That's what I call the goal of greatness. Goal of greatness meaning your goals have to be big enough to incorporate the dreams of others. Unless you're working by yourself, 
then that's okay. Your goals can be whatever it is that you want. But if you're working with anybody or you're working with people or you're building an organization or you're doing anything, your goals have to be huge. Like meaning, if I were to build a business, let's say that I was, you know, in my, in my business, if I was hiring people and my goal was to make like $50,000 a year, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, what would the goals, what, what, what opportunity would my people have that followed me? For them to make 20000 a year? Right, there would be no goal. Absolutely, my goal had to be big enough to incorporate the dreams of my people. So, therefore, I would tell people, "Man, I'm going to make ten million dollars, and you can go out and what would it be like if you just made one of them?" Right, and for guys that were making six figures, that was great for them, right? But I needed to talk bigger. I needed to sound bigger. I needed to emphasize on the people that could go out and build it. Right, three things that I needed to always for people to build the business with that was attitude, uh, desire, and coachability. See, I, I, I like to work with people that have great attitudes, right? Mm-hmm. People that are not mourning and whining. There's enough things in the world to hate on. Absolutely. Right? The, you look at your news feed, everybody's talking about politics. Like, oh, like, you really? Anyways, so, right? <laughs> but, like, attitude is huge, right? The second thing is desire. You got to know you want to. Yeah. What's your, what are your desires? Like, why are you doing it? Why are you waking up in the morning, right? What are the things that are going to make you keep going? Because building a business is very stressful itself. Not only that, but it's actually very um, – things are not going to go the way that you want to. But if your why is big enough, your desire is big enough, then you will actually plow through those problems and actually keep going, right? Your desire has to be big. And third would be coachability, right? Are you coachable enough to learn it from people that are doing it? Are you coachable enough to do it to the T, right? Are you coachable enough to really make it happen every single day? Are you really coachable to question your mentor all the time? And, you know, I, I find people all the time that I, want, I don't want to work with ever that I question everything. Well, why this? Why that? Why this? Why that? I'm like, oh, my gosh, dude, I already did it. I said the pave, right? Why don't you just listen to exactly what I did instead of questioning everything? Yeah. Just go to work. Just go out and build a business. So, therefore, I talk about attitude, desire, coachability, um, those are very, very are great big pillars. things in my life, yeah. right? And uh, create trust with the people that you work with. Uh, the other thing that I would tell you is if you do have partners, put them to the test the first 18 months. Put them to the test as quick as possible because by putting them to the test and by having something go wrong, you will actually test what they're like when things are not going right. Hmm. So, for example, I have a good friend of mine. Uh, the other day, he That's actually was working with some partners. And he said, oh, my God, like, you know, he was going to fund them with money and stuff like that. And last minute, he tried to screw him in the contract, right? And me and my buddy are like, oh, my gosh, dude, if this guy's trying to do this to you now, what is he going to try to do later to you, right? If, you're, if this is like the beginning of your relationship and he tries to screw you, do you not think it's going to be worse later on, right? So put people to the test at the very, very beginning, see their character. Even when I was in relationships, I would always put the girls that I was with to the test, right? Why? Because of the fact that I would see their true character. I would see exactly what their true colors were when everything was not nice and peachy, right? And oftentimes, you have to, like, in normal relationships, if you don't do this, right, at the beginning, it's all, like, nice and you have your color glasses. For sure. However, you know, and it takes a while. It takes months, if not sometimes even years for you to have arguments or things and stuff like that. I would tell you, don't wait that long, you don't have that much of a life left. It's kind of like a cell phone, except you, it's kind of like a cell phone battery. But unfortunately, you don't have batteries to recharge. You only have one life, right? So therefore, what I would tell you is put people to the test right away. 
Um, that way they can show you their true colors and ask yourself if those are people that you want to work with you know, for years or mm-hmm. those are people that you want in your personal life. If you don't, get rid of them. It's better, you know, I, w- I always told myself that I was better off being, you know what I mean, being, being, being single and alone than being married and lonely, right? Because being, being lonely and being alone are two very different things. Same thing in business, right? I would always choose to, I, I'd always be, I'd rather be by myself and alone than be with partners and feel lonely or be with people that I didn't feel like I could go and, you know, uh, that I could count on in my life, right? That's a great quote. So yeah. <clears throat> all those little things are really, really important. And I would tell you this, I just, um, I think that nobody could be, be-, be better born at a better time than right now. Um, all you have to do really, really, especially with the power of social media, I don't think you'll be like this. Uh, the internet's definitely not um, the internet's definitely not saturated by any means. We just started less than a decade ago, about a decade ago. So therefore, we are all of us are still trying to figure out like what to do with it and how big it can really, really be. Um, I don't think most people could really understand the, the importance of it. So I would tell you this: um, take advantage of everything that has been put in front of you already. I don't think you'll ever be this good. And if you've been waiting for a long time and you want it, you know, you want that sign that tells you go and go do it, uh, maybe this is it, right? Maybe it's Adam Farfin telling you go do it now, right? Uh, I'll tell you this. You pay a price now. You can either choose two things in your life. You can either choose your life. You know, you can live your life with the, with the price of discipline where you do it now. You pay it up front or you pay, you pay the price of regret. Like, I wish I could have done it earlier. I wish I would have done it sooner, right? Mm. And, you, and, and regret actually comes with interest, right? It's almost like a credit card with a lot of, with a really high 40, 50% interest, right? Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Get away from that. Pay the price now. Be disciplined. Have, you know what I mean, confidence about your business. Go to work because otherwise you will regret you didn't do it sooner. Now, now what are your advice? You're talking about confidence a lot. Now, what is your advice on on building up that confidence as uh, when you're just starting out and and how do you develop that characteristic I think a lot of it has to do with the way that you talk to yourself to begin with right mm-hmm. do things that make you different if you don't feel like you have a lot of confidence do things uh, emulate people that have confidence right mm-hmm. do things that are going to remind you to have confidence like for example one of the one of the one of my interns um I can tell he has low confidence because he has his head down all the time, right? He has his head down all the time. I'm like, no. I'm like, get up. You need to like not have your head down. Like, you are not sorry about anything. Why do you have your head down, right? So therefore, I'm like, you need to walk. Your posture is different, right? Your posture. Yeah. You got to walk like a champion. Yeah. You got to look like a champion. You got to dress up and feel confident about yourself, right? Um, all those little things matter when it comes to your confidence because. I was talking to somebody yesterday too where I was like, you know, your business is not different than your personal life. You think it is, but it's really not. You know, if you don't think about this, if you have an argument at home and you're like all pissed off about something and you go back to work, are you going to be this, you know, can you just brush it off and be like, no, I'm at work now? No. You yeah. actually take your same attitude to work, right? Yeah. So yeah. what does that mean? That your attitude and your work and your, you know, your whole, it's your whole life. You can't be part-time, Right. So therefore, you got to really have all those things in your life that starts with your home, right? If you have a, I can, you know, I look at people's cars sometimes. If your car is cluttered, it's full of garbage. Well, that says a lot about you. Wow, right? yeah, that means it's a good point. the house is cluttered, full of garbage, right? 
that means probably, you know, and, and if your house is cluttered and full of garbage, that means probably your mind is probably cluttered and full of garbage. So therefore, start off with your car. Have a, have a clean car that you go to. How awesome do you feel when you have a clean car, right? It, it, like, does, oh it does feel good. Yeah, when right? there's a nice scent, it's like, you know, there's nothing, nothing on the floors. Right? You have a clean car. You feel good. Yeah, absolutely. Start there and don't let your car get cluttered. Don't let your house get cluttered. Like, I love this get advice. It, get it cleaned up, right? Yeah. Those are little things that build your confidence, right? For sure. Have your house be cleaned up, right? Have a place where you can go home. Your home is like your sanctuary, right? Absolutely. Like it's it's clean. It's got to be like exciting for you to be there. Exciting if you know, uh, <clears throat> you know, growing up, you know, growing up as a Christian, you know, uh, my mom would be like, if house, if if Jesus came to your house, would he be excited to be at your home? You know, and I was like. Now it's like, okay, go clean your room, right? Or clean your house, right? So I grew up with that. So therefore, what you're going to do is that, you know, if you add somebody that you care about in your life, right, show up to your home, would you be excited about them going into your car or into your home, right? It starts there. Do things a little bit different. I remember for me, anytime, you know what, Pierre, are you wearing a watch? Yep. Put your watch on your other wrist. Hmm, Okay. I'll play along here. All right. Does it feel different? Extremely. Doesn't it feel so different? It is. It's, it's awkward. <laughs> it is so awkward. Yeah, you get used to it, right? So what I tell people all the time, I'm like, wear your watch in a different wrist. Make yourself let you know that you're doing things different, that you are a new person. Make yourself uncomfortable. The other thing that I tell people is put a penny on your, on your shoe, Right, so you're stepping on it, on it. It reminds you that you're doing things different today. Right, you're uncomfortable about it. So therefore, you got to do things all the time that make you feel like you're in the move, that you that you're doing things different. Right. So that's what I would tell you. Just that's go out and make that happen. Build a business. Uh, go to work and and build that, and uh, it'll be exciting for you to do things different all the time. You know. That's that's great. So advice. that's where Thank it starts. You. Thank you. Well, I, now I want to touch a little bit on your advice for 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 people who are just starting out in in finance. Now, if you were to go back and you were just starting, you know, what would you what would you tell yourself now? You know, just starting out uh, in terms of investing and creating an ROI. Um, which is I would tell you this: return on investment for those who don't know. Right, right. I, I would tell you this honestly: if you are barely starting out, uh, do it quickly. Uh, do it, do it where, you know, it's kind of like that logo that, of Nike, right? Just says, just do it, right? Sure. There's so much to that because of the fact that people feel like they have to know everything before they start. That's never going to happen, right? It doesn't matter where you're at. It matters where you're headed. So therefore, if you are barely getting started in the industry, nothing's more important than for you to actually have a big will of want to and starting right away. If you are finding out how to get licensed, get licensed quickly. If you are, have a product to go ahead and learn, learn it overnight. Learn it as, uh, uh, you know, at this, uh, kind of like once you said, at the speed of instruction. Learn it really quickly. And it, whatever it is that you got to go ahead and do, just get out of your comfort zone and make it happen. Okay. There's two types of things, like where you are either, you got to ask yourself when you're making decisions in your life, especially building a business, are you doing what makes you happy or are you doing what's right, right? For example, um, for me, I was naturally shy with a lot of people, right? It would be if I was at a coffee shop 
or if I was and I needed to talk to someone, or if there was a cute girl that I wanted to talk to, what would make me happy is to not get out of my seat and stay there and just drink my coffee by myself. But what was right is for me to get up there and talk to the girl or talk to whoever it is that I needed to and talk to that person, right? So I got to do what's right. So therefore, in this business, if you're starting off, do always what's right, not what makes you happy. Okay, That's because great, people are like, great, great oh, oh, do what makes you happy. Do what makes you well. What makes you happy hasn't gotten you rich, right? What makes you happy hasn't gotten you wealthy. What makes you happy hasn't gotten you to have maybe the body that you want to, right? What makes you happy? Donuts make you happy, right? Donuts are not going to make you have the kind of body you want, right? So therefore, you got to ask yourself: Am I doing what makes me happy, or am I doing what's right for my future? So therefore, every single day, ask yourself, ask yourself this every single day. Am I doing what I need to do to get myself to where I need to be? That's it, right? If you are in an environment with people that you need to be at, at a party that you shouldn't be at, anywhere else, right? For me, for the first few years, I didn't even have a social life, right? All my friends were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're working, you're so weird, right? And then, like, the caterpillar becomes the butterfly, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know this was going to happen. And I'm like, dude, <laughs> this is exactly what happened, right? And all those people from back then, it was just I, – I remember, I remember when I first started this, uh, one of my first – I was actually 19 years old, and I had a – you know, I actually, what was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a Ferrari Testarossa. That was one of my first cars. And uh, I was actually 19 when I did this. And when I was 18, though, uh, I had a guy that I went to high school with. And I said, come and build the business with me. Let's do it together. I really liked him. And he made fun of me. He's like, no, whatever, not going to happen, da, 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 right? And, and then here I am, I'm, a year later, I, I show up at a nice, actually down the street, I show up at a nice, uh, uh, do you know what P.F. Chinks is? No, uh, right? I, I've heard of them. They're in the United States, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like, it's like a franchise. It's like a, it's like a franchise, Chinese, not nice restaurant, but nicer restaurant where they have a ballet and stuff like that oh my gosh i pull up the guy you know as i pull up with my hot date in my ferrari it's like my buddy the ballet guy right you should have seen his face and i'm like oh my gosh dude i wish we would have done this a year ago right we had that look that we exchanged with each other right but what would have had been like if he just would have listened and he would have gone to work and he wouldn't have done what made him happy i can almost tell you that right now Probably a lot of people's lives are not that much different than they were 10 years ago. In fact, I tell people, if you, th- if you have the same philosophy about life that you did 5, 10 years ago, you are not doing things the right way. If you look at the world the same way that you did 10 years ago, oh my God, look at, your, look at, look at a picture of like 10 years ago and look at your hair or the way you dressed, right? You're like, oh my gosh, why, what was I wearing? Or what was I thinking? What, why was my hair like this, right? So same thing about life and your thoughts. If you have the same thoughts that you did 10 years ago, that's really sad. Mm-hmm. So I would tell you, change your thought pattern, right? Change the way you think about things. Change, about, change your thoughts about business, right? Mm-hmm. Money is actually a great thing, right? Business is a great thing because you help a lot of people. I was actually talking about this the other day where like, it's like, oh, you know, I don't like – somebody said this at a seminar. And I got up there and, and nobody said anything. And, and, and I don't even know why I was there. But somebody was talking about like a guy that was super rich as opposed to a guy that was, a, 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 you know, a, a girl that was super rich, as opposed, like an entrepreneur, as opposed to like a nurse. And they're like, oh, entrepreneurs don't really like to help people. They're all about money. And, you know, as opposed to like nurses. And I'm like, a nurse can only help one person at a time. But this guy is like, this person is like greedy 
or this person, let's say, that you know, wants a business, this guy will employ a thousand of these people. This guy is actually able to afford a, a hospital where they can not only employ but help the, the life of thousands of these nurses, right? There's nothing wrong. I'm not talking about a nurse specifically. I'm, that, that's just the example that was brought up. Yeah. But I'm yeah. talking to you about entrepreneurship is a great thing. Greed is what makes the world go round and round, right? So therefore, what you got to do is you got to be greedy about your goals. You got to be ambitious about changing the world. You got to be tenacious about changing your own personal life all the time. So greed is good. Make you know, go out and build yourself a great big business, and and don't tell anybody otherwise because uh, nobody that has a great tell you all the time. Well, money doesn't make you happy. Well, I've never seen somebody crying in a Ferrari. Oh man, that's that's hilarious. You, you cut out a little bit there from the from the connection, but I understood the gist of what you were saying. But we got out there a little bit. Let's just let's continue where we left off. Now we're coming to the con- the conclusion of the of the interview here. Now I want to ask you a question I typically ask every guest and. Okay. If if you were to leave one message to the world, Adam, and and you this is this is your last little bit of time left, and you had to leave just one, um, one little tip of wisdom for for the generations to go on, what would that one tip be for the world, as a, as a suggestion? Um, from what you've learned throughout your life, don't live life casually. Casual people. Or people that make casual choices become casualties in life. Um, so I would tell you, I, I'm not going to tell anybody to be like super intense about everything. As you can see, like when I start talking, I get like extremely intense. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I would tell you this, nothing, nobody has ever built a life uh, being casual and having casual lives, making casual decisions. You're right. A lot of times you have to take risks and oftentimes you have to really make mistakes and that's part of the business. That's part of life itself. So I would tell you, don't be so casual about the kind of life that you live. And you know, a lot of I, I know that procrastination is the worst nation on earth. Um, <laughs> so I would tell you the fact yeah. that don't live life with procrastination. Yeah. You know, I think that's the worst thing is the fact that I was actually watching a study that said uh, people that procrastinate, people think they don't have to do it right now because they think they have more time. That's the reality of it. So I would tell you the fact that just don't live in procrastination. Just go to work and just get it done right now. Don't make casual mistakes. Make really awesome decisions right away. And you know, live a life that you could go ahead and be proud of. Um, that's what I would tell you. Make, make the kind of choices that you would be proud of five, ten years from now. Um, you know, we will all go out and make, you know, mistakes no matter what, but I'll tell you this, uh, making, you know, making a mistake is a one-time thing, right? Doing things that are bad over and over again, that's just becomes a choice, right? So I would tell you, honestly, just, uh, it's okay to make some mistakes, but just make a lot of great choices, make better choices than you do, you know, bad mistakes. Um, and you know, like I was saying, just don't live life in a casual way. Right, that's the biggest thing about it because life is very, very short, and I've had a lot of things in my personal life that has, that have made me kind of, you know, kind of like go back into work and build a business. And what I want to focus on now is really people and what I can do to help them. That's why you know I agreed to this interview also, and I hope you guys got some something great out of this. Um, uh, so, 
so so far exceeded what I was expecting of this conversation. I didn't have any expectations coming in, but the 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 flow of the knowledge you were just given, like my my ears are glued to what you're saying. There's just so much value in this. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate your time, and uh, thank you so much for actually, you know, for for making this happen as well. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking forward to anything else. I think you've got a lot of great things about you that you naturally have that I personally saw. If there's one thing that's helped me out in business personally is to recognize something good when I see it. And that was kind of the first impression that I got out of you when we first met out in L.A. And uh, I have Thanks, no bro. doubt that this will blow up the way you need, the way it needs to. Thanks, um, Appreciate so, it. Um, I, I just want to let, let our listeners know that we're going to have all the uh, the websites for Adam Farfan on our show notes, and we're going to have the book recommendations and uh, all of your wisdom there. And, and thank you so much, Adam, for coming on. I really appreciate your time, man. Absolutely, man. Thank you so much for ta- for taking the time, and I hope you guys got something out of it. I'll talk to you soon. Definitely. We, we for sure did. I'm, I'm speaking for myself and for the listeners. <laughs> cool. All right, brother. Bye for now. I'll talk to you soon.